Welcome to a game of two halves. I'm your host, Alex, with my co-hosts, Dale and Jim. Hey. Hello there. Today's prize is an hour of listening to us talk about the Premier League, because we have nothing else to talk about in our very, very sad lives. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Well, shall we start it off with the first game, which I know Jim's itching to talk about. Chelsea versus West Brom. I'll just let you take the ropes here, Jim, because it's long what overdue. Happened? So, I don't know. What happened, Jim? Tell us. Nothing interesting happened in this game. <sighs> no, what, lads? Nothing really happened. I mean, it was only seven goals. You know what I mean? Like Seven goals to who? I don't know. No, both teams. It was, to be honest, it was it was it was a bit it was a bit of a madness. I'm not going to lie. Like um, you had Thiago Silva's very rusty at football. Apparently, he f- was out for a while and then forgot how to actually defend. I said this when it first happened. So the first yellow card is the yellow card, and the second yellow card is another yellow card. It's a red card. But I said this, he wouldn't have got sent off if he dived left or right like i know i understand he was trying to block a shot and it was by the way fantastic game it really was like proper entertaining when chelsea went for it it was great and we just went for it like it was unbelievable game and i loved it but i I can't understand tiago silva's that's that's the first thing i want to address is tiago silva's thinking like as a defender like we, me and Al have played in defence numerous amounts of times, and if you're trying to block a shot, you do not dive with your feet up at the player. You dive in the direction you think he's going to shoot, so he was going to try and whip it round towards the right. So why didn't he just throw his body rightwards? Like, a plank of wood that way is going to do better than a plank of wood facing you. A block. It was such an idiotic challenge, and rightly deserved a yellow card and another red card for... Tiago Silva because a bit of a mad head, isn't he? But one thing I will say as well is I've been talking about Callum Robinson coming on and starting or just playing for us for ages, using his pay. He might not be the best goal scorer, prove him wrong, but he might not be the best goal scorer on a weekly basis. But his pace, his pressuring, his desire to get the ball will put so many teams under pressure and like make them panic and I've been calling for him to play for weeks right and it's incredible that he comes on and scores the goals he did he was oh yo he, he was fantastic <laughs> when he come on that for, that finish oh my god on, on let's say half volley side foot in the back of the net oh my god what, what a cross for a starters to pick him out but what a beautiful cushion thing. I'm going to melt this out because Albion, a wank, but this match, we were phenomenal. <laughs> like, I'm going to eat this out for all it is and praise them because everybody was on fire. <clears throat> Everyone. The Pereira we know and love was back. Like Even Matty Phillips played unbelievably well. Dianya got another goal and like he'll get his confidence. And I tell you what, if we play the way we play, against Chelsea for the rest of the season. We probably won't stay up, but we have a serious, like a big fighting chance. This, we need to take this result, take this performance, 
and really push on with it, like really step forward with it. Use it as a stepping stone to go forward. Like Callum Robinson has scored, what, five goals in the Premier League this season or something like that, and they're all against Chelsea. Like, um, yeah. come on. Like, like, come on. Like, they're all against Chelsea. Like, he, what he does now, Big Sam has to sit down and think, you know what, I've messed up. He needs to start next to Dianya because it works. It, them two up front, it just works. And your cook slew, how he's playing for us, I have not. Any Premier League club watching this, right? Anybody watching this, you lot missed a trick with your cook slew, and I have no idea how we've got him. All I know is that come the summer, he ain't going to be a Celta Vega player anymore. He, and he definitely ain't coming back to us. We're talking a top half Premier League side. He's picking him up and he is going to destroy the league because he's one hell of a player. The thing is, when we, the, the, the frustrating thing is, right, we're not going to stay up. We're going to go down. We'll give it, I hope we give it a go. But come the summer, we're going to lose everyone. <laughs> Literally everyone. Pereira's going to go. Robinson is definitely going to go. Dianya won't stay, stick around. He'll go back to Galatasaray. Your Cuxley will get picked up. Maitland-Niles is back at Arsenal. Snodgrass ain't going to play around. He's too good for us. Johnston's definitely gone. Bartley's put in a good performance in the second half of the season to warrant a purchase. Jay's definitely not staying around because he's too good for us. And you're just like, Conor Gallagher's going to go back to Chelsea and then get back loaned out because that's what they do. They hold on to the value of the player for some reason. And it's just like, our squad's going to be in complete tatters. We're going to go back to a midfield of Livermore and Sawyers. So rip the midfield with Matty Phillips in the uh, right mid. Darnell Furlong's going to stay. We're going to have a back four of Darnell Furlong, Con- Connor Townsend, Branislav Ivanovic, who's on his last knees, let alone legs. And then Dara O'Shea, who's a defender that can't defend, like... The, the purchases we've made in January are finally starting to click. I feel it's too little too late, but that performance is how we should have been playing for the entire of the season and since January. Well, that is exactly how we should have played. Well, I can that, breathe. <laughs> that was a, an interesting analysis of the game, but I've got a couple questions for you, Jim. Mm. So obviously... Yeah. Chelsea went 1-0 up with Pulisic and then yeah. uh, Silva went, they got sent off. Do you reckon if Silva stayed on, would you have won that game, yes or no? I don't, I don't think we would have won, personally. I think the, the sending off did help. It really did. It's, it, it, 10 against 11, it's always going to help. But I don't think we would have lost because we started very, very good. Like, obviously, I didn't watch the entire game from the start, but I did have, I did want to watch it because we played so well. So I went back and watched the entirety of the match. And we we started so bright. Even with 11 versus 11, the pressing, the intensity, the desire to get the ball against Chelsea and to really push them. I don't think we would have lost, but I don't think we would have won. I think we, still, I think we still would have scored. The, I, it wouldn't have mattered if... if we would have gone down to 10 versus 10. Like, we would have drew. And the the extra man did severely help us. But with the way Pereira was firing, the way Diania was just bullying their defence, and even Matty Phillips... I got, I'm, I'm one of the most... <laughs> one of the people that hate Matt Phillips. <clears throat> he's lost all his pace, and he's just... He was a pace merchant. Well, but I do he have, played I... exceptional. He really did. And I've got to give him props for it. And it's just one of those things, like... I still don't think we would have lost, but the extra man did help us winning. Yeah, 
Well, Pulisic's goal, by the way, was was a good goal. It, it was, was. Yeah, it was. It was. Good. It was. A, it, was, well, it, was a, um, it was off the free kick, was it? Alonso hit yeah. the free kick and it rebounded. It, it was. It was a good goal. He knew where to be. He used his pace to get into the space and. <clears> tap in That's and his first uh, Premier League goal of the season, or second, first or second. Something like that. And um, to be fair, Marcus Alonso hitting the post. That man's dangerous do, from any space, so... <laughs> I do want to bring up as well, because obviously we spoke about in our last uh, chat in the England podcast, yeah. um, about Sam Johnston using his feet. Yeah. And he played a ping of a ball with semi-under pressure to uh, Piera, and Piera scored from it. That was not a ball. He hoofed it. No, no, <laughs> it was a ball. It was not a pass. It was a pass. It was not a pass. 100%. It would go down as a pass because Pereira got on the end of it, but he did not pass that ball. He's just hoofed it. M- majority of the keepers did that as well. They, they yeah, majority of the keepers do it, but it didn't mean it. He just hoofed it. I will. It was not a specific pass. I think it I will was. say. I, I will say he he weren't looking for Pereira. He was looking for Diania because Diania's good in the air. He yeah, definitely, exactly. he definitely he to nod it on. He wasn't looking to have a ball over the he Yeah. He weren't specifically looking for Pereira, but the way Chelsea stepped up and Pereira just found the space. I mean, again, if you're Edward Mendy, you you got to look at yourself in in a bit because you got to look and be like, bro, I've been chipped twice in one match. 100%. Like, like I mean, the Pereira was, chip... To be fair, Mendy was quite awful that game. I didn't... didn't... I mean, the Pereira chip was an obvious one. Like, he's thrown goal... Mendy's come halfway. Pereira's got to the ball first. He was always going to chip him. It was always going to go in. Like that was the unobvious one. But to get chipped by Callum Robinson in that, ninety-first minute. Yeah, but like not in the ninety-first minute. Like on the angle, nothing much really going. Like Callum Robinson chipping here is a bit. He did go down, and he was protecting his near post, which I can understand. But I think he didn't need to go that far down to. Like it weren't a high chip. That's the thing. Like Edward Mendy was on the floor, floor. Yeah. Like, but um, also, Sam Johnson has also made the most saves this season in the Premier yeah, League yeah, because of the most shots. <laughs> I was going to say, bro, I'd play against our defence and Pepper <laughs> Sam Johnson that, if I could. No, but that, that's positive still. That's... It is. It is good because it's showing he's a very. It, it is a very good goalkeeper. It was like when Wayne Hennessy. He was a good shot stopper, but you're never going to have that kind of like stat with the better keepers in the league. Yeah, because you get. Like, I'll have no chance of getting anywhere near that kind yeah. of leaderboard, so I don't really take that as. Yeah, but the thing is, when um, when I do, because when uh, Wolves went down, uh, Wayne Hennessy had also at that time had the most Premier League saves. I in mean, the exactly, and they went down because they had the most shots against him. And but the thing I is, mean, Wayne Hennessy was a quality keeper, and so that's what I'm yeah, saying always, again. Sam Johnson, Johnson's a quite, all the keepers are quality. Like you have to be quality to be in this league. I will say, I will say, it's a surprising stat <laughs> given. Fulham's form, Newcastle's form, and Sheffield United. I mean, Sheffield United have got Ramsdale. I know, in but Newcastle rotate their keepers. They, they... I know, I know. That's what I mean. It's just a very interesting stat to see that Sam Johnson is at the top of the list when there is Fulham, Newcastle, and Sheffield United all around that space that we've faced essentially the most shots and still kind of above Sheffield United because for some reason we can. To score. fair, I thought like Cash Bushmarker might have been up there or something like that. To be honest, 
I mean, Schmeichel is undoubtedly a good goalkeeper, but again, like, Johnston, see, in the Championship, I was his biggest critic. Like, I was. Same, even, him, even I said he was yeah. horrible I in the Championship. I called him the flapper, I said he couldn't kick, like, any cross into the box, he was. Put it this way, it's a perfect example when we played Spurs. All he had to do was either commit to catching the ball, which he would have, or stayed in his goal, and he would have saved that hurricane goal, and we would have earned a point. 100%. And we would have earned a really solid point away at Spurs. But because he was so indecisive, because it was a cross, that was his issue. Whereas, obviously, obviously that must have hurt, because everybody hounded him for it. Really get him some shit for that. And... um. I think I think he used it and kicked on and really, really focused on coming to collect crosses and everything. Because since then, he hasn't been the flapper that we know. We like crosses come in and he kind of commands his area. He he does better. Like he 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 actually controls the box and that for me when we had Ben Foster, God, he was so good at that. Mm. So good. At Any ball come in, bro, he were he had it. It was his or no one's. <laughs> like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he he would he would attack the shit out of that ball if it was coming in well, for a cross. I do have a, a couple a couple more things as well because I want to try and oh shit this song. Yeah, yeah, we'll move on. We'll but, move um, on. I got a couple more things to. I don't know if you know that was your first win at Stamford Bridge in forty five years. I know, and we've come close a few times, but keep scuffing it. And also, um, Sam Allardyce is the first manager to win at Stamford Bridge with three different clubs: Bolton, Crystal Palace, and now West Brom. I know. What a stat. What the... Bro, can we just play in London every week? Literally. Like, it seems to be we're really good away from home in London. Just don't let us come home. Don't let us do anything. Like, it, it was... Uh, see, we should have... Be... Ironically, we should have beat them when we first played them and we went 3-0 up and then we capitulated. Chelsea picked up their game and they scored three goals. Not, not to say that... Not to say that Chelsea were bad... And then we were bad. We weren't bad. It's just Chelsea really did pick up their game. He brought the kids on that they were trusted to use. And they come and scored three very decent goals to bring it back to three feet for full time. And Lampard saw that Tiago Silva was having a bad game again, like before we just played him and took him up early. And that's kind of sorted out the issue, even though he got bullied anyway. And that's what I mean, like... We just capitulated, so we should have really beat them twice this season, and those extra three points would have been. But if it, again, it's all fine margins for us. We we capitulated against Chelsea. We gave three goals away. Like they were good three goals, but we still capitulated. You got to see it a three 0 win. It's a it's a point gained, but theoretically it's two, two points, points lost. Yeah, yeah, but you because you're in a three 0 position. <laughs> And the same with the Spurs game, like, we was in control, like, we were defending it, we were doing really well, and then Sam Johnson obviously didn't come and collect the ball, and that cost us another point. So, effectively, we're three points short of where we should be, because you get an extra point and then an extra two points for the Chelsea game. So, we're three points off where we should be, because we just... We just can't finish off games, and we can't control games, and defensively, we have been poor, but... I felt more comfortable now, but I think it's because I'm not expecting anything because I've 
like come to the fact that we are going down and he's over the Premier League run. But you're going <laughs> down with a fight. That's the positive. But that's what I said. I said if we play like that and we still go down, at least we've gone down with a real fight, yeah. not the fight that we was going to put up before. Not, not the like, Sheffield United fight. They yeah, giving up now. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've really given up. And at least if we play the way we have played and we give it some, yeah, we're going down with a real force. And we can. But I feel like if we play the way we have, we'll make Fulham panic because they've got to really step up their game because then we're going to be hot on their tails. And then Newcastle, them wank, so they're going to be panicking. And then you've got all the other clubs just above them that we're making a real late push in the last seven games to really go for it. And it's exciting. And I love the fact that... I hate the fact... I love Haiti. I hate the fact that we've left it so late to perform. But I love the fact that it's going to be a late run and all the drama's going to be at the end of the season. And that's what I love. No, Everybody I loves end of the season drama. 100%, Let's 100%. And also the last game of the season is Newcastle-Fulham, which is going to be a good game to watch. And I can't oh, wait to talk about uh, that game. If it, if it goes, if it goes down to that game, like it goes down to that game, that will be the most nerve-wracking game ever because that will be make or break relegation game. That will be hundred percent. Even if we're not involved, that's Newcastle Fulham doing this. Yeah. For the last t- seven games of the season, just swapping positions. 100%. Right. Uh, that, uh, let's move on uh, after Jim's very long talk about West Brom and Chelsea. <laughs> Um, we'll move on to Leicester Man City. Uh, Man City won two nil. Um, Leicester just don't seem like didn't seem like themselves, especially Vardy. Vardy was always giving offside, not making them runs oh. proper. I got a question for you about this game actually, because you mentioned it. You literally took it out of my brain. Um, when it comes to Vardy, does he need a rest? He's had a rest. If you think about it, he was he's 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 injured. He's just, he's, I know, he's but. I mean, you say had a rest, like, when you're injured, it's hard because you want to get back. It's not your fault, like, you're injured and you're eager to get back. And then he's come back and <clears throat> kind of, not not his pace, but, like, kind of slowed down a bit, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's still scoring, obviously, <clears throat> but, like, some of the chances <clears throat> he's missing are a bit oof. Yeah, like the one against Manchester United, I thought he'd be Yeah, good. you know. And do you think he is trying too hard now to come back and score and be the goal scorer that we know I think he is. He's, I think he's fearful because Inacho has obviously signed a new contract at Leicester and yeah. Inacho obviously he didn't perform against Man City but um, Inacho has been performing in recent weeks as we've all known and I think he's probably fearful for his position now even though they do play in the same team like Inacho plays behind him but um, he knows in his heart of hearts Inacho knows in his heart of hearts <laughs> back he's not playing there and that's the thing with Iheanacho playing the way he is if Iheanacho gets moved forward and Madison <clears throat> plays behind him back, yeah it's still I think I think if Iheanacho can adapt his game into how he's playing as number 10 and move up it up into striker it really is a a, a headache let's say for Brendan Rodgers because if Iheanacho just hits form and just pumps pumps out goals, pumps out assists, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, You've literally. got to sit there and be like, well, do I play Vardy now? Do 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 you put your main goal scorer on the bench for somebody who is becoming a main goal scorer? I mean, it might be unlikely. It might, it might not suit it again. It might struggle. It might turn into a bench warmer again. But at the same time, 
at that token, you got to think Ayosa Perez as well. Like, yeah. he can play up front as well as on the wing. Like, bearing in mind Vardy's, what, 32? Yeah, I think it's 32, maybe 32. 32. He's literally entering the twilight years of his career. He he ain't going to keep his pace forever. He will start to slow down. Yeah. Do you? I, th- this is what I mean. Do you think he needs a rest? I don't Did think. I don't think he needs a rest it? because if we like look- a week. I'm not talking like. I'm not talking like a month off or something. I'm talking like a week, maybe a week and a half to just. Nah, because obviously we're coming into the, the, the penultimate of the season, so there's only like what seven or eight games left, depending on each club. Um, and to be fair, some they've got nine, like Aston Villa and Everton. But um, there's only a few games, a handful of games left. It's ending uh, in a month and a half time anyway. The Premier League, unless they, they, they do delay it for a week, so all the fans can come in. So it might be like for nearly two months, but kinda because it might end yeah. beginning of June maybe. Um, but um, but now nah, I do think they should continue to play him because he ain't going to be at the Euros this summer. So he'll have his rest then, if you think about it. Um, and it's only like a month for a bit of playing. And if he does get injured in between then and at the end of the season, he'll have his he'll have a full rest and while he will be out completely out. What I'm saying is like, <clears throat> let's put let's I say okay, I'll put it to you. If go back a couple of years and you've got Van Persie and you've got Rooney, they're both playing up front, but your attacking midfielder is out playing them both, right? So you bench Van Persie because you know Rooney's your main goal scorer, let's say. But he ain't performing. You've got seven games to win the league. You're just ahead. Not just ahead. We're talking two points ahead. But Rooney ain't scoring. You're starting not to quite perform, but everybody else is carrying him. Would you swap Rooney out for Van Persie until Rooney starts scoring again? No, I'd find a way to play both. But if Rooney's not performing, but your attacking mid is seriously performing, like like Ian Acho or Perez or James Madison, like if your attacking mid is like supplying Rooney with stuff and he's just not finishing it at all, like it, we're talking two, three games, he's just not finishing his dinner, he's really struggling to score goals, would you take him out and just be like, have a week off, we're going to play somebody else? Get, just get your mental game back. Do it in training. Keep going. Work hard, and then we'll see when you come back. I'm not I'm sure. Say, I'm that. saying no because that would in in the mentality that you have when you're at this kind of high level, that would do more damage than good. In my opinion, I don't know if, because... if you it, like resting them isn't going to get someone out of a funk in football. It's just not. It's just gonna eat oh, them yeah. away. Like you need to keep playing them, and, and they'll play their way out of the funk, in my opinion. I, so, I, I, Bar- saying, saying, for example, Vardy, saying you need a rest for a week, ain't gonna work for him, especially with his attitude and mentality behind it. He's oh, gonna yeah. want to keep playing and score him. You pick and choose. I don't think it has anything to do with him having a rest. I'd, I'd say you pick and choose the player. Like if if somebody was to come up to me and say, oh, "I'm gonna rest you. You're not playing very well," that'd hurt me. But if they come up and said, "Oh, like," You, you just what's happened to your passing like come on like work on it I'd then be like okay I just, need, I just need to get my head back in the game and blah 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 and you need to play at the funk I just like if they bench me and then I was because because my passing weren't its usual self I'd be like okay that's fine that's chill I'll like 
I'll work on it in training. I'll get my head back in the game. And then I know I've got a week off to watch. And then it can work both ways. So then I could be sat on the bench and I can come on. We're not doing very well. The passing ain't quite right. I can come on and then ping a 60-yard pass to the winger who's clean open and through. And then that just whoop. And then you like, see what you can do. Like, see, look what happens when you take me out the team kind of thing but then that boosts me and secretly that's what the manager wants so for me if he benches Vardy brings him on when they're drawing or say they're losing and he equalises and scores a winner that's a whole thing of Vardy going uh, see Dickhead shouldn't have benched but me at the if he isn't performing and you've benched him why would you bring him on when you have other players that can come on in that position yeah, but what? So it's still he's still your main goal scorer. But say Ianacho is up front and he's not doing very well, you just take Ianacho off and bring Vardy on, and then if Vardy scores, but you wouldn't that like ruin Ianacho's form because he's the one who's in form. He's done one bad game, and the other strikers hasn't been in good form for the last five or six yeah, games. Yeah, but if why would you do that kind of switch when well, you wouldn't say you, you wouldn't you wouldn't say oh I'm taking Ianacho off because he's having a bad game. You'd wait. You wouldn't say, oh, 55th minute, get him off his shit and bring Vardy on. You'd just say, 55th minute, I need to do something different, come off. But, That's what why, but, why, but why would... Yeah, but in that situation, he's having a bad game. But why would you take off one player having one bad game over and bring him on for someone who hasn't performed in months? Because you could, she's still going to try and get some kind of form out of both of them. If he's not performing... And then you bring on your sub-striker, who usually would perform, who's not performing, and then comes on and performs just as bad. You still haven't lost. You haven't lost anything, because they're both performing bad. But if you think that on, one, yeah, it comes to mentality in that situation. Like that one striker who, say Ian Atra, for example, is performing really well this last month, and Vardy hasn't performed that last month. Yeah. In a situation where you... Ian Acho's had one bad 60 minutes and you take him off. Like, he's going to be annoyed because he hasn't had, he's been the one in form. He wants that last half hour to prove that he can win the game. Yeah, but if you. If you comes into it, you but, need to manage it correctly. And I don't yeah, think but as like, a, doing it that way is going to be the correct way of managing Yeah, but how many, how many players do get taken off when they're playing bad, even though they're the best player on the pitch? I've seen, let's just go to Man City. That's, if they're the best player on the pitch and they're taken off, that's in a different mental. If you're the, someone's the best player on the pitch and you take them off because you're chasing a result, that's the wrong thing to do. That never no, happens. No, no. They no, usually but, take a good player off if they need the rest. So, so take De Bruyne, usually, perfectly fine player, whips balls in, perfectly fine. But a couple of weeks ago, he was literally the worst player on Man City's pitch so he took him off to bring somebody else on and it changed the game altogether and that's the thing but he didn't harm him mentally because he knows he's that good and he should have performed better whereas it's the same thing so if Iheanacho's on the pitch and he's performing bad he knows he can perform better and he knows he should have and Vardy can come on and use that stigma to prove that he's the striker that he can be that's how you use it. You wouldn't go take him off his shit, yum wank. You need a rest because you've been shit, yum wank. You'd go, you're not playing yeah, your you're best. You're never going to say that, but like that, that's, the, that's the case. No manager's going to say, I'm taking you off because you're shit. That's yeah, the but, case. Yeah, but if you're chasing a result and your striker's not doing something right and he's not putting away chances, or if he's, if he's not putting away chances, but there's a lot of chances, you may want to keep him on. But if they're literally... They're, they're not finding space, they're not finding chances, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. You're obviously going to take them off and bring on another striker because it's like, well, it ain't working, so we've got to, we've got to change it up. This, this just ain't your game. It's like... The long and short of it is, 
and then it's from the question you asked. I don't think Vardy needs the rest. I think you just keep playing him for. Oh, it's gone on for a very long time now. I, yeah, I, know. I think uh, I agree with Alex just keeping Vardy on, but I do see your reasoning as if a player's not getting the goals, bench him, and then bring him on as a bring him on. That's, yeah, that's that. That's because I'd say to him before the game, you haven't been performing, so I'm not going to start you this game, but I'm going to put you on the bench, and you might be able to come on the field later and make an impact. But I'm yeah. not going to start you. I'm going to give someone else to start and see how they do. So I do see, I see, I, I see, I see both. But I agree with Alex that I wouldn't bench Vardy anywhere because he still gives that thing for a team because he's yeah. just, but he's also still, he's still that good. But if he's not getting the goals. Uh, which we know he should be getting, and yeah. someone else could have an opportunity, like I have Ian Acho there and Madison behind him. Um, then yeah, I'd bench Vardy, and then, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him like a full rest. Like I'm putting him with the reserves, like oh, hundred percent no, because he's still, he's still your, he's still your main, main striker. striker. Yeah, he's still your main striker. You can't afford to not have him in the starting lineup at all. You still got to put him on the bench. But I think well. Way also, let's just move on now. Also, because yeah. yeah, obviously we spoke about that. I just want to talk about City because City was was amazing and dominant in that game. Mendy's goal absolutely did the what defender. Fit, yeah, strikers fake shot. Strikers, yeah, and he did that. I think because he's. I feel sorry for him because he moved. He moved to Man City. Wanted big hopes, this injury prone, and I feel I do feel sorry for the chap because he's actually a quality left back, to be honest, mm. and he just hasn't had his chance to prove it. And Jesus, um, I, is... I think he's gonna now. I think he will step on from this and now down a spot. He'll be the the Mendy that they went and bought from Monaco. I think. I think he'll go. This is it now. This I is hope this, so. literally I hope this so. is. It. And I really yeah, want him to do the well. The thing is, though, he's been doing it constantly. Where he has he has like six or like a month or two good spell. And then he just towels off every single time. When he first came, he was awesome because his crosses were like something unlike the Premier League had ever had before, and the way he whips them like fantastically well across the box. But it's very inconsistent. I mean, would you risk that inconsistency? I mean, relatively, if you're going to play Walker at right back and Cancelo at left back, I mean, I don't see why not. But you have to. Cancelo's best position is literally right back. You can't not. Play Cancelo. He's Zinchenko at left back. Who's been before that's, him? That's what I mean. No, no reason he should be dropped. Yeah, that's what I mean. So like, you've got a headache with Zinchenko, which apparently can play attacking midfielder exactly, as well. It's a good headache. Yeah, but it, it it is a it is a good headache, and it's the same with the headache for centre back. I just I have no idea how he's going to fight that. No, what one of those one of those centre backs who doesn't play that that fuming. Because I'd be, if I was John Stones, Diaz, or Laporte, I'd be fuming. If I got dropped, either one of them, yeah, you'd you'd just be mad because you're like, well, imagine getting dropped for Garcia. I'd be even more mad. Well, Laporte's world is world class. Laporte is he is just unreal centre back. He's and it's unfortunate how much he's been injured, but you, the thought that Diaz is showing his class, John Stones is showing the centre-back that we all thought he could be. And how do you sit there the night before on a like Friday night football or Saturday football or Sunday or Monday, wherever your game is, how do you sit the night before and go, i got to pick one of these to not play? Well, for me, it'd be, or, it'd be Ruben Diaz and John Stone start every game. Yeah. That's when what I mean. Part- when you have a partnership that's like... Working, working, yeah. 
I can't think of the word I'm after, but like just blossomed. They got parties that have blossomed yeah. as well as they theirs have. You can't change it. Yeah, yeah. Because think about it, John Stones and Laporte had games last season. I will was... say though, I will say who surprised me the most. Well, I wouldn't say surprised me the most. I'd say surprised me is uh, Fernandinho coming back into starting lineup with the way Rodri, uh, Rodri and Gundogan has been playing. With the, how them pair have been playing to come in and be like, yeah, I'm still the best centre mid defensive midfielder here. Don't worry about that, son. And you're like, like, you sit and look at Man City's squad and when they are like this and everyone is in crazy form, you sit there and be like, how does Guardiola stand in that dressing room and go, you're not playing today? How, do you, how, do, how does he stand there and go, you're on the bench, lad, today? Even though last week you come on for thirty minutes, scored an hat trick, did four players, and then assisted one, every single, even the centre backs. Like, how does it's the name of the game? Up? It's the name of the game, bro. Ain't it? It's it's mental. Like personally, it'd be it'd be so difficult. He must have the best headache ever. The 100%, best headache, hundred percent. But um, I just wanted to say as well that Jesus has scored five goals out of uh, five goals against Leicester in six games. So he loves scoring against Leicester. Also, also, he scored. He scored a lot recently, and uh, it's ironic because when we mentioned him on this podcast, what do we say, lads? Yeah, I know. It's why. Hundred percent, bro. What do we say about Ian Acho before he started scoring? It's wank. <laughs> what do we say about Sam Johnston? Can't pass it at the back and does an amazing ping. Like every time. It is for me, Al. It is for me. I've never, I've never, I've never, I've never I seen swear, it. I swear, I swear, literally, they have you had a game of two halves this week? Because literally they're just chatting, chatting shit about you and they go, all right, then I'll prove them wrong the next week. It's, it's, it's crazy but, how um, we've all these players and we've got a wank and they've just started performing out of nowhere. Let's, let's move on to the next game because we've spent so long on oh, two games. One last thing about City, we'll talk Karen. about. We'll talk about it at some point, probably in a podcast. But obviously, the news that Aguero is leaving at the end of the season. Yeah, 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 and that, and that he's getting a statue as well. Yeah, and that statue it. will be the shirt spin. It's, it's it's something we'll bring up when we do another recording. So I want to have a talk about it because I want to talk about who City get in to replace him because Guardiola's come out and said they aren't going to have the money to buy another striker, which I think is lies. Lies. But we'll but we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll have we'll have a that, yeah. Yeah. We'll have we'll have a we'll have a transfer talk, talk day. We'll have a little transfer. Put like talk. a little flavour in there for the next. For the seasoning. Yeah. Um. But um. So the next game, Arsenal and Liverpool. Not much to say about the first half. Dead, boring, bland. It is what it is. This is. I I said Liverpool would finish top four. This this second half performance especially is Prove. proving me right. Yeah, I yeah. also said out that they finished top four. Remember? I know, I know. I actually said they finished third, but I, I, we don't know about I that. I said yet. fourth, so. But I said all it takes for Liverpool is to get a couple of players back from injury, and they'll be and, fine. And then, they've got a centre back partnership at the moment in Kaz- Kazakh Phillips, yeah, which Kazak. is not magnificent. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that picture you have of like the Maserati at the front and like the Ford Focus at the back. Cause that's what it is. Yeah. But all they've had to do is get that partnership, put Thiago and Fabinho, because Fabinho's come back, Jota's come yeah. back, which gives them the oh. other option they've needed. Yeah, 100%. Firmino. 
Yeah. Just okay. So like, against Arsenal, they probably weren't even that great, but their second half was, was more like it. So more like the Liverpool we used to. Uh, have I've, got a, I've got a question for you guys. So Jota scored twice that game, right? Um, yeah. Three 0 win for uh, for Liverpool. But um, I've got like some stats here. So Jota's played twenty two games this season. Uh, this is all competitions, yeah. by the way. He scored twelve goals and made one assist. And one assist. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously Salah and Mane. I'm going to exclude them because it's Salah and Mane. You're going to play them anyway. But I'm going to point out for me now is uh, they've actually made the same goal contributions. But for me, now he's played 38 games, scored six, and assisted seven. But so he's played 16 games more, and he's had the same goal contributions as Diego Jota. I think. I think what do I you think do? Unfair. You drop. It's, I think it's unfair to compare the two because Jota's. Every time Jota's been in the team from when he got injured, because obviously when Jota got injured, that's when everyone got injured in Liverpool's team. Yeah. So, like, Fabinho got injured. Henderson is now injured and stuff like that. Jota's played well when he's had that midfield there. Uh, when Firmino's playing, and he's played all season, that midfield hasn't been there. He hasn't been able to perform with the same team that Jota has in that situation. And Firmino and Jota, the role they play is completely different as well. And we all know that Firmino's role is very unique. Yeah, but would sense. you convert um, Jota, put him in striker instead of Firmino? Obviously, I know Firmino has more of a, a deep lying uh, role. If I had the put... choice, if I had the choice, I'd play them both and put them in different situations, which is something he has done before and play it as a front four. Because when Klopp first came in, like a four-two-four, he... basically. When when Klopp first came in, he had that four in Firmino, Coutinho. Um, Mane and Salah yeah and there was got a good four again taking Coutinho out and putting Jota in obviously Jota at the at the if you were to compare him and Coutinho at Liverpool he's nowhere near Coutinho's level at the moment but he's yeah he, the way he's, he's going to get there exactly he's, he's done his there. first season at Liverpool so um, so having that from four <laughs> is like fantastic I saw a video from Tifo a while ago when Jota first came this season they were scoring loads of goals and like, if you play all four of them in the same team, like Firmino can still play. He's like centre forward, force nine, whatever you want to call it, deep line forward, and coming back, and that creates so much more space for Jota to play up top. Yeah. And then when you put Jota there, or you put Jota out on the wing, or put Salah on top, or something like that, the movement between the front four is going to be a nightmare for any single defence in the league. It's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So, if it were up to me, I wouldn't drop Firmino. I'd play them both, but. It's getting that right system because God knows how Klopp would do that. But if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. Yeah, he's going to get the best know. out of him one way or another because yeah. that's what he does. That's what he does everywhere he's gone. That's all That's all I literally wanted to uh, talk about on that, really. Um, yeah. Because obviously, anyone just to quickly, like, quickly, briefly talk about yeah. it. When, when, when it comes game. to Firmino, I, I, I always have like a little soft spot for him because I always pick him in my fantasy team because he just, every, every single season pick him because he's cheap enough and I get goals and assists all the time. Man, like set set it alight with him that he gets, but he does the job. But he does, like I said, he has the quality. Me, he's in him. Like he, he yeah. does fancy passes and fancy yeah. flicks. If, fancy like I said, goals. if you're up, if you're up to me, I'd I'd play him both, but. You'd have to wait but obviously, because obviously, when midfielders come back from injury, you're gonna play the four-three-three because that's the system they all know. Yeah, hundred percent. Got to go from there, unless you want to put Jota in the midfield three or Firmino in midfield three and just push him up a bit more. We'll have to wait and see, will we? But um, yeah, let's move on to the next game: Leeds versus Sheffield United. Um, 
I, I don't have much to say about this. I did watch it, but I didn't have much. I yeah, or... me and you are the same. I, I didn't quite enjoy it either. Obviously, right. I, I watched it a match of the day, and obviously they do show the highlights. But from the highlights, it looked very entertaining. There was a lot of shots, a lot of chances. Sheffield probably should have scored more than one. Um, Leeds oh, yeah. should have scored more than two. Like Rafinha probably should have got a goal or two. Um, so it was a very interesting game, but um, I do feel sorry for Jagielka. Uh, he scored another own goal. It's his seventh own goal of his career, um, believe it or not. So Man needs to educate himself on what goal to score in Man. And he scored seven own goals in his career. Literally. But, um, that, that's bad. But, um, but yeah. yeah, so it should have been more than I don't two know, points, it was, but it, it was... was... A playing game at the end of the day, the result speaks for itself. Leeds yeah, say, you know, you know how I talk about Man United and how I say, like, they did when you watch them, sometimes they just don't look threatening, mm. even though they are threatening. You just like, yeah, like, just just look like that. Um, for anybody listening on Spotify, I just pulled the most dullest face I could pull. <laughs> I just realized they can't see my face, but um, yeah, um. I just I just feel like that game was very dull, even though we'd had a lot of chances. I just didn't feel like excited about it, even though. Oh God, mate, Rafinha's red hot, aren't he? You know what I mean. Oh Rafinha, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, oh, if he stays at least next year, I, I will be uber surprised. <laughs> like, I think it's it, not it like a one because... season wonder. Because I think what the the long term plans is for Leeds. Top four. Mm. Not, I, I, right. I, I think they're more. They, they could say yeah, top four, but I don't think they'll get top four. I think Europe, like sixth place, fifth place, would be a solid spot for them, in my opinion. Um, and so keeping players like Rafina, your your Bamfords, you know what I mean, your Jack Harrisons and stuff like that, like and your Calvin Phillips, even though Calvin Phillips hasn't scored all season, um, hasn't scored a single goal. It would be uh, crucial for uh, Leeds to keep those players, and obviously, it's fair. You could see Rafinha going to Man City and literally tearing it up, and they could literally convert him to a left winger, and Sterling could mm. then be out of a position. You know, what I mean? think about Rafinha. What I see in him is very similar to what they. What, if you, if Man City, for example, I see Rafinha very similar mm. to what they did with Mares. Yeah, they seem like a very very similar player. Obviously, you wouldn't have both of them in the same team because. Of, very, very but the thing is, though, you could play Morris on the right and on the left. Exactly, but you can see it happening because of how how the kind of player he is. Yeah, literally. But, so um, I think I think out of all the players, so to keep, I think I think he's the one they need to keep. I think, that was an absolute steal to get him. I think what we should do is have a really interesting talk, like a podcast that a day about break down some teams, break down players who should leave or who should stay. Yeah, hundred percent. And that very interesting. You know what though. You know what, though? How bright does Brazil's future wingers look, bro? Well, Vinicius Jr. on the left, Rafinha on the right. Oh. I but Jr. ain't been crazy. You know what I mean? Still playing. He's still doing well. At Real Madrid, bearing in mind this is Rafinha for Leeds, yeah. you've got Vinicius Jr. for Real I think, Madrid. I think if Rafinha was playing for Real Madrid, Rafinha would tear it up. I st- Vinicius Junior still does tear it up. I mean, he ain't got the stats to carry that. But to be fair, what you're gonna do when Benzema's telling all the players not to pass to you? Well, if you watch like Vinicius Junior, I know we're, like we're going off topic again, but like Vinicius Junior against Liverpool in the Champions League was unreal. Yeah, he was so that, good. That's, that's, why that game, really, so. that's why I've brought it up because Vinicius Junior really did bully Trent. 
Well, I don't want to get onto Trent because that I was horrible. My, that... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I won't say like he bullied him, but like with the role that Trent plays, he, he he gave him a headache because the way Liverpool normally play, Trent doesn't have that much of a defensive job to play. I yeah. mean, he has a defensive job to play, but not massively. It's not the main part of the game but because Vinicius was so quick. Like Vinicius could sit back and mark where Trent would be. And then Trent had no, forward, no, yeah. no, no answers for his pace and skill. But anyway, oh. I'll, I'll but um, okay, but yeah. So that, that was the result for Leeds and Sheffield. Next game is Southampton Burnley. A very interesting game again. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't see this one, but I know that Burnley squandered a two 0 lead. Yeah, there was two 0 up, and uh, Southampton mm. was like, you know, we'll just turn it on. And uh, yeah. some great goals from Armstrong and Ings, absolute bangers, like quality. To be fair, Southampton literally were all over him. Um, but My question fair, was going to be, who do you think they'll lose 9-0 to next season to kick their fucking season um, back up again? I'm thinking probably Man City. Us, <laughs> us, us, us. You won't be there. Don't try you won't be there. You'll be relegated. But Southampton did deserve it. It'd probably be some stupid team they lose 9 0 to, like Everton. Mm. So, Southampton, um, the Danny Ings score again. It's good yeah. twice. Yeah, he yeah. scored once. He scored once uh, again. Scored once. Yeah. It, again, another option for the Euros that we didn't even think of when yeah. we were making those things. He's you, can't, you can't ignore it, can you? Yeah, he's scoring goals. He's scoring goals. And if Man City are really. If Man City are really considering him. To get him on a free, is it, it is a free? Eh? Can you imagine? Can you imagine Danny Ings going from? Oh my god! Imagine Danny Ings going from Burnley to Liverpool to Southampton to Man City. What kind of a CV is that? Well, he deserved more time at Liverpool. He had a massive injury oh, at Liverpool. Yeah, and then and then when he when he came back from his injury, that was when the front three was undroppable. Yeah. So I felt really bad for him. And Origi was obviously the best backup in Liverpool's yeah. history because he was. Literally, um, I felt really bad for him at Liverpool, but yeah. it's just like Shakiri's CV. If you flip it backwards, it's the perfect CV. So it weights forwards. Obviously, that game, Southampton and Burnley, great game. But I do want to move on to the next game because I've got a question yep. for you guys. Um, so Newcastle two, oh, Spurs two. Ah, uh, oh. um, Kane bagging oh. two goals in the 30th and the 34th minute. Um, is Kane the best player in the Premier League? I'm going to read out these stats, so bear with me a sec. So, he scored 19 goals, which is first in the league. He's had 13 assists, first in the league. He's had 109 shots, first in the league. And he's had 42 shots on target, which is first in the league. So, is Kane the best player in the league at the moment? No best player, not league. I'm going to give you a politician answer here. I'm not answering the question directly. What I'm going to say was, if you give all those stats, it shows... Considering at the start of the season that Spurs were going to be like massive title contenders and they were looking like it, they were top of the league at one point. It shows how poor they have been. Harry yeah. Kane is top in the league as um, as their talisman, as their striker in all of these stats, and they're still nowhere near top four. But yeah, okay, I understand that. But also, he's got thirteen assists more than. That's what I'm saying. More than the fact that he, the fact that he's number one in goals, he's number one in assists. The fact that he's number one in assists and goals is mad for a striker. Yeah, hundred percent. That's unheard of. Like completely unheard yeah, it of. Is. Like. And it that's what I was gonna say, it shows how poor the Spurs team are because like where's where else does that creativity come from? Yeah. Like Son was yeah. there for ages and he's still getting all the assists in, but 
especially when we were like watching them a few weeks ago and they had Bale, Mora, Son, and Kane on all cylinders. What's happened? I don't know. Why? I why? Literally don't why know. is Kane? Why is he in a situation there where we are again in this situation where Kane is dragging this team up from its balls, basically? And I do feel sorry for Kane because. If you look at the stats, and you talk about the stats, by the way, um, yes, stats-wise, he's by far the best player in the league because yeah. that's just the way he is. But it, 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 I, I don't know. It's 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 a mad it's mad. Obviously, season. F- f- obviously, everyone's got different ideas say of who it, the man. best players in the league would be. Say it, go on. No. Go on, say it. <laughs> I know exactly who's coming out of your mouth. Go on, say it. No, no, no say it. Okay, right. So, looking at the stats, right? Yeah. For me, for obviously, if, for the best Manchester United player is Bruno Fernandes, right? <laughs> and Jim Neal, I was going to say Bruno Fernandes. But Bruno Fernandes hasn't been the same for the past two months. He's been inconsistent. He hasn't been consi- yeah. a consistent player. For the past two months, he's been a very inconsistent player, which is unheard of for Bruno Fernandes, what we've seen for a year. For a span of a year, very consistent Bruno. He's well, been- six months when he was first there in January. Like well, last his fir- year, his first game was February, so that's what I mean. But like la- last but year, know. but yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's like like say it's it's a but a year on a year on from when you signed him, his stats are still very very good. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But for the performances he put in for the past few months, eight months for eight to ten months. The, the performances he put in was un, unreal and then the last two months it's kind of like it, it looks like he's kind of run out of steam and he's like lads can you, can obviously, you do I, I know he got, I know he got a goal tonight against Granada like but obviously it's a yeah. penalty you know what I mean another penalty to add to his awful. list of penalties it was an awful penalty yeah um, but but like I think I could I probably think... say the I think the only person who could probably I don't know who would be second place behind Kane Gundogan. This season, definitely Gundogan. But if, you, if you're talking about what, it's 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 a difficult question to put in second place because there's so many options. Yeah, there is. Like if you talk about stats alone, then you'll obviously have Kane at number one. But then you've also got the likes of Salah, who isn't having a great season, but his stats are still really fucking yeah, good. Yeah, hundred percent. Like everyone will sit there and go, Salah's not having a great season, but he's still the second top scorer with like 17, 18. Yeah, I think got 17, 18. If, if it was the Albion, right. he's having an exceptional season. Thank you very much. <laughs> what, 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 what I was going to say was like, it, all, all it takes, if you, like, he's not having a great season, but he's still there. Like, that's mm-hmm. that itself is a world class quality. Yeah. Mm. And also, De Bruyne. Yeah, it's a like, good question. De Bruyne, De Bruyne, I was going to mention De Bruyne because De Bruyne obviously plays a different role, and he's world class in that position. He's the best in yeah. the position he plays, like in the world. Yeah, hundred percent. So you got to talk about it. But, it's, it's, it's. I think. I think. Uh, I give Kane one season, one one more trophyless season with Spurs, and he. I will. think he's got. I think he'll go in the summer. But that's the question really? for like, transfer talk. Yeah, really? yeah, I think he should go. I agree with Alex. The only, the only reason... Yeah, if, I'll talk about it now, but we'll we'll mention it. We'll yeah. go into a lot more. The only reason I don't see him going in the summer, the only reason... I I think he should go in the summer, personally. The only oh, reason yeah. I don't see him going is because of COVID. There's no money. Yeah. That's the yeah. only reason I say it. And Daniel Levy, obviously the Tottenham... 
he'll want a he'll want a huge a stickler. He's an absolute stickler for money. Like if he doesn't get if he doesn't get the money he thinks he's going to get, he isn't going to do the deal. He'll, I think he'll want one hundred fifty million. He'll want one hundred fifty million minimum. Yeah, yeah, he'll want it. He'll want at least a hundred, especially. But even then, he'll he'll look at an offer and go hundred million. And he'll be like, is that it? Yeah, he's, he's like you know the best player on our team. We want more than that. He's been consistent like, for five, six years. Like he's been consistent. He's, he's, he's been consistent for six years. He's obviously their best player. Mm. He's he's on like a five year contract or something like that. He's on a massive contract. Huge. Like, right? he, ain't, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna let him go for anything less than a hundred. Yeah. But that's the only reason I don't see him going because yeah. not many teams have that that's kind of I mean, money. The I only mean, team I see having that kind of money is Man United because they've got stacks in reserves. Mm. But that's I don't see Man United going for that's him. That's that's the thing for me, like, um, Harry Kane, like, he's just been consistent and the amount of years he's dragged the team to certain situations and, like, obviously, like, there has been help along the way, but how many seasons has he been there? There or there about the top goal scorer, there or there about the top assister and Spurs just still haven't won anything and yeah. there comes a time where you sit there and go, yeah, I love the club, it, it, it it's, it's in my heart, but I need to. I need silverware. I need a medal. Of... Well, the thing is, like, like Tottenham fans will sit here and say, obviously, without saying like an Arsenal about it, but like they're obviously in the final of a cup competition this year. But it's yeah. the Carabao Cup. I'm sorry, but no world class player is going to stay at a club because they've won the Carabao Cup this season. Yeah, 100%. Oh, it's not like it's not even a trophy worth bragging about, is it? No. I mean, Birmingham fucking won it a few years ago. I mean the FA Cup. The FA Cup is different. There's a bit more. Yeah, the FA Cup's different. It's, 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 it's been it's been there for ages. The Carabao Cup is like big teams play their fucking kids in it. They yeah. don't treat it seriously. No, so really why would you it. treat it as a serious trophy you've won? I mean, I understand it goes down as a major trophy because it does. It goes down on like the boards they got and final? the leaderboards. Man City. Uh, Man City, yeah, Man City. Well, they're not going to win it, then, are they? <laughs> yeah, but you never know because Jose Mourinho has this knack of pulling out managerial yeah. masterclasses every now and then. Finals, that's yeah. what I mean. That, that's what I mean. Like, you literally have a world class manager, and people are like, "Oh, Mourinho needs to go in that." And I'm like, I understand where you're coming from, but you need to be humble about your squad. You really do. Like, you have a world class striker, your best midfielder left because he did. Ericsson threw his dummies out the pram and left because he fell out with Pochettino and Vertonghen was shagging his other half. So it was like, yeah, I want to leave. So then you lost your best centre-back pairing in Vertonghen in that same season anyway. So you lose your best centre-back pairing, you lose your most creative, most effective midfielder and you keep Kane. You need to be more humble about your squad. Davinson Sanchez is not the world-class centre-back you fought and bought. Like, he's not. You bought Aurier to replace Trippier. He's nowhere near that class. No. Ben Davies ain't that good. Regulians had his first full season in the Premier League. You know what I mean? He's, he's, a, he's, he's been one of the bright sparks in the, the yeah. first Yeah, he has been season. one of the bright sparks, but he's still he's, he, he's brand new. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's working hard on Bale it. Bale is literally just collecting a paycheck and then... Yeah. Like, you got the front four. Bale's already said he's leaving. Yeah, he's used. It's a, he's not even using it as a pure gym, bro. He's using it as a JD gym. You know what I'm saying? He's not even paying full price for the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Val's using you as a fitness school. 
you got Son, if he ain't kicking, then it's over. Mora's found a new position in attacking midfield. Lamella comes on and gets himself sent off. And Kane is the only I, know, I know Son's been assisting this season, but he ain't been the usual stuff like he was last season. Last season, he was firing on all yeah. cylinders. And he was yeah. he was literally the main talisman over Harry Kane. You've got, um, yeah. you got a brand um, new midfield partnership that isn't gelled yet. You've got Ndombele and Hoiberg that have their moments of class when they work together, but they haven't had that time to gel together properly because Ndombele was unhappy being not played and everything now he start being played and showing his class Hoiberg's brand new to Spurs they've only just bought him like you've got a midfield partnership that don't understand each other that haven't played with each other before so you're gonna struggle a defense that's in tatters a goalkeeper that's aging you've got a front four that one of them's only there for a paycheck like we said it's just you just got to understand how humble you got to be about your squad and where it is at the minute Mourinho can be the best manager he ever be but there's only so much he can do. Yeah. Um, to bring it back full circle to the Newcastle game, because we've just gone off and talked about Tottenham. <laughs> Newcastle were very good in this game. They oh, yeah. deserved the win, which is very rare for me to say, because I have every, every episode we talk about Newcastle. Newcastle yeah. They're absolutely awful they are, and they have been. And they Newcastle deserve the criticism. They deserve, they, deserve, they deserve to win against Spurs. Again, I, don't, I, I haven't watched the game, so I don't know if it was a case of Newcastle being amazing or Spurs being bad, but I don't want to take away from either team. Yeah, I think... I it think, was both, both of them, because basically Spurs yeah. could have made it three, and Newcastle could have made, yeah, it three, made it three. And it was yeah. just that, See, was that crazy. I'm going to put it in the way that I put it when we drew to, Albi- uh, when we drew to Chelsea. It's a point gained because it's still a big, big six, quotation marks, big six club. But still, you was in the lead. It's two points dropped still. The only reason I know Newcastle should have won the game is because, you know, I've, I've seen things online from a couple of Newcastle fans that should have won it. And obviously that, like, magic stat that everyone talks about, XG. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle's XG was, like, four. Yeah, the most they've ever had that, all that's season. That's unreal for a game that you haven't that you haven't won. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's Brighton kind of territory. To show, which goes to show how much they need Callum Wilson back. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 100%. He ain't saying. A good question to ask you before we move on is, if Callum Wilson was there, do you think they'd even be... Near the relegation, he's a quality striker, he's a good goal poacher, he knows where the goal is, though. He's so I don't, I don't understand how he keeps playing for these sides that are just bottom of the table. He's just too good. He might be old, he, he can get injured, but when he's fit and firing, he's unreal. Yeah, he's got the extra yard on the defender all the time, and he's just he's strong. The man is strong <laughs> for a little guy, he is strong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway yeah, next game, um, Aston Villa versus Fulham. Uh, what an interesting game that was. Uh, Shall we watch this? I haven't watched this game at all. Because me and Dal are in agreement about this. Not a penalty. Yeah, it was not a penalty. Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen anything. Get game. over yourself. He won the ball. He fell over when he won the ball. Yeah, not a penalty. Hundred percent not a penalty. No, no shot. Hands down, not a penalty. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Bang on. I agree. Got the ball fair and square. Got the ball fair and square. Uh, Mings had a terrible, um, (laughs) terrible (laughs) error, which which makes me think Gareth Southgate in the back of his mind thinking, if he's doing that against Fulham, what's he going to do against France and Spain? You've got to you've got to swap him out for Konza. You've got to. Every Konza is. Actually, really good. Watching him against um, Fulham, 
He made, personally, he made no mistakes. He had no issues marking. He mopped up a lot. He did really well. He covered a lot of space. He even protected Mings when Mings made another mistake later on in the game. And I'm like, you, you, you've, you, you've got it. You've got to take him there. Like, the, you know he what I mean? Though, you know? He won't. He won't. He won't. 100%. He'll still take Mings and... and uh, Unfortunately for Mings, he's got his foot. Once you get your foot in the door with England, it's really hard to get out, to be dropped. Especially if you've been to, if you've been taken to a championship of like the Euros or the World Cup or anything, it's really hard to be bumped out. Once you're in, you're in. It's a click, and you only get changed out for like friendlies and that. Well, well I think about it. Like, remember how long we were pandering for Grealish to get in? Yeah. How long it took him to actually get into the squad? When he was clearly at the at the time when he was like performing the season, the best player for England that we had. Yeah, yeah. he was provided so much for England, and he did. And Gareth Southgate never spoke about him. At the games he played, and he was absolutely game changing. Yeah. How how can you ignore a player against Belgium when we're playing so bad that goes Alderweireld? Eat shit, son. Eat this flick and flicked it over him, bro. Like we're actually performing like ass, and Grealish still goes and does that to a defender and creates an opportunity, and you're like. You can't, you can't ignore him. Um, like, you fully cannot ignore before, him. We'll, we'll move on in a sec because so we can like, yeah. streamline time. But like, it, it's um, when we're talking about Albion staying up, like the results this weekend have been very kind to you because Fulham were one nil up in this game. And they oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. Spurs had one job as well. Spurs had one job. Yeah, but that, as, as you said, Newcastle should have should have won. So it could yeah. have been a lot worse. Should have um, won on paper. They definitely shouldn't have won. This is, but to be fair, it's the same with us. We definitely should have won him against Chelsea, yeah, and definitely. we just put him in a performance, and it's like. But the, no, from, I mean, to be fair, like Trezeguet uh, came on off the bench and made a game. Instant impact. Yeah, instant. scored two goals in three minutes. Could have got a third yeah. as well. Just he went over. He definitely should yeah. have had it. So he put, he come on and changed the game, and and he things are, also he Watkins as well. Like, Watkins uh, scored, but it's his first goal you know in eight what? games. He, so. He's still he, he's still consistent though. I, I still think Holly Watkins is really consistent. I think um, you got a soft spot for him now because of football manager. Either. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, he's not even But I've always had a soft spot. Even when he was at Brentford, he, he like shone a little bit and that. And like when Villa had him, I was kind of fuming because we were kind of looking at him a little bit and. It kind of done my head in, but it's a smart bit of business, and he does play really well. And on a consistent basis, even when he doesn't score, he he still works hard. He works as hard as when he is scoring. He works. He creates a space as when he's scoring. But the ironic thing is, he's hasn't scored in eight, and that's just purely because Grealish ain't in the team. Grealish creates so much for that team. Yeah, so I agree. Much. And that's why Ollie Watkins just ain't scoring. Everybody's scared. If if I was a defender personally, I'd be terrified. Even if I was one of the best fullbacks or the best centre backs in the world, I'd be terrified. Yeah, but Ollie Watkins him. and Jack Grealish sat down Van Dyke likes like there was nothing. That's right. So. Exactly. He's one of the, the the best, like one of the best, if not the best centre backs in the world, and they bullied him. Yeah. And it's what it's one of them. Like you are anybody playing against Grealish, even if you're the best, you still. Got, you've you've got to work so hard because I'd be terrified to play against him. And he, as I'm sorry, Villa fans, I'm really sorry about this. He is not staying. He can sign all the contracts at once. 
It's just boosting his price for when he gets sold. No, as it's long as Villarreal in the Premier League, he'll stay. In my opinion, as long as Villarreal is in the Premier League, he'll stay. He has no reason to go. It's the club he loves. I know, but Albion's a club I love. I mean, the, he... the season Villa are having, I think he'll he'll love and he'll be proud of the achievement they're having. I mean, mm. there's there's still a chance they could get Europe, but it's it's looking bleak with every game that passes by. But there's still a chance they could still get Europe. At the moment, he's still coming into his prime. He has no reason to leave yet. I understand that, but when you, let's say let's say all of a sudden like uh, Man City come sniffing, United come sniffing, Liverpool sniffing about Real Madrid, Barcelona. Yeah, but they've been sniffing about it for the last like three, four years. I mean, I mean, I mean, Man United have been sniffing around him for ages, but like, there's no well, real. Tottenham, Tottenham, Man, Tottenham, Tottenham, Man United Tottenham. are too scared to open up their wallets because the guys are like, oh, um... dismiss, dismiss nah. Spurs. We'll, we'll dismiss Spurs because we're comfortable with Tottenham. I, 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 I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't leave Villa for Spurs at the minute. It just, it just wouldn't happen because yeah, you're not guaranteed game time. Should have him, yeah, but like. You're a bit quiet, Alex, by the way. You're a bit quiet. It's because I'm far away from the mic. Bring it a bit closer. But if... It's better. (laughs) But but if... So, Man U are going to get top four. That that seems nailed on. And, like, your Man City are going to win the league. And you've got your Atletico Madrid's Barcelona's and Real Madrid's and that. Like, Bayern Munich. Like, any of them come sniffing about. You have really got to sit there as a player and go... I love this club, but and it is. I mean, let's put it this way. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Is Grealish will stay, but let's put it this way: Villa were in Europe, and Man City come and took Milner and Barry away from them. Ashley Young went to Man U. As much Ashley Young was a Villa boy, Gary uh, Gareth Barry was a Villa boy, Milner Villa boy. They all were Villa boys, but when those Milner was not a Villa boy, Milner started at Leeds. I know, but like. Who, like, is that, who is that Villa boy then he joined Man City? Louis Barry. Was it Delph? Oh, De- Delph. Delph, massive Villa boy. Those big teams come sniffing, bro. You, you look at it. It was different back in those days because that was when there was no financial fair play and Man City could just throw money at people. Whereas nowadays, Villa can, every team in the Premier League can throw money at people. You're in the Premier League for two or three years. You're fucking set for life. There's tons of money. Oh, yeah. I fully understand that. I... I, I... 100% understand that. Can, I get the let's, way. let's move on because we're talking a lot. I just want to finish it though, but like, I, I fully understand that. But even so, like, even if Villa did chuck money at people, there's the financial fair play aspect of it. And I still think those big boys come sniffing. You've, you've got to start looking over your shoulder and being like, <clears throat> I love this club and I respect what they're doing, but there's champions over there, there's Champions League over there. Exactly. There's, there's titles over there. There's uh, retire the shirt number. Huh? Retire the shirt number. He's on a bit of Birmingham. Uh, yeah. The shirt Play 40 games. Or it's... Stupid. <laughs> that, <laughs> move on to the next game. because I do, I do want to quickly just gloss over Bellingham. Just move on to the next game. Um, so, yeah. So, Villa. That was a good result for Villa. A 3-1 victory over Fulham. Um, pushes their chances for Europe next season, hopefully. Um Next game, Manchester United Brighton. Hey, <laughs> I can quickly gloss over this in like two minutes. Um, right. Take it away now. So, uh, B Tech Danny Welbeck, even though he, he, he you know, what I mean, like <laughs> B Tech Danny Welbeck <laughs> scored, Danny even though he is Danny Welbeck, but he's still B Tech Danny Welbeck. He's gone a B Tech version of himself. That's how much he's degraded. Still managed to score against his old club. Um, it was poor. It, the, the first initial save was quite. 
it was good from Henderson, but it wasn't good enough to put it away from Danny Welbeck's uh, path. And I feel like Henderson probably could have maybe kicked it better, pushed it better. Don't even start. Don't uh, even start. Th- there is no chance. I, th- I think. That. I think if that was the higher, it's a header from two yards out where he has nothing else to do. He's kept it out of the net from two yards. Out, there's nothing else he can do. Dehay would have done exactly the same thing. No, it was a bit. It was a bit further than two yards because he got even closer for the second one. But um, Dehay would have literally with his legs would have hoofed it a bit further or a bit more wider. That's just hey, my opinion. Tell. That's just my you opinion. Can't tell that though. No, because I've seen Dehay actually save opinion, shots like that in, in the past. Player, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. That's your there's opinion. Else and my opinion. I, I do agree with Alex on this one. I don't think Henderson could do anything more. Oh, there's nothing else. I think do. I think if the high was there, it would have been. It would not have been a goal. But it doesn't matter because they scored anyway. B Tech Danny Webber scored. He celebrated. I'd smash his head in if I see him in the stream. Anywho, it was woeful in the first you half. You celebrate? No, I didn't celebrate. No, wouldn't you celebrate if you were Danny Welbeck? No, not against like this you. club flogged you off to Arsenal for cheap and chips. Fucking yeah, two years ago. Don't matter. Literally, that club, that club gave you it a platform. That club gave you a platform. That club gave you a name. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and then, and then stopped playing. Like, you know, and then lost five. You know, I went nah, fuck off. Because yeah, he was shit. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. <laughs> not my fault. He's shit. He should have played players better. Anyway. Um, yeah, so it was woeful in the first half. We turned it on in the second half. Um, Rashford got a goal. Um, it was Bruno assist. And uh, Greenwood got a goal. Pogba assist. And yeah, that was the game, really. Um, I also put down Defo. Oh, yeah. The, so, yeah, um, Brighton should have had a penalty, in my opinion. Harry Maguire is dragging the shirt and dragging him back and oh. holding him back. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, 100%. I don't, I don't know how we got away with that one. Um, VAR was Wait. on our side. That should have been a penalty. It was... The, Maguire was behind him. But to be fair, if Welbeck stayed on what his feet... That's where, the, that's where the Glazers' money's going. No surprise, man. What a, what a surprise. But the thing is, though, if... Everything man you. But if Welbeck didn't actually dive to the floor and actually just decided to stay on his feet, and I was looking for the penalty, he probably would have got a tap in. Um, yeah, he probably would have scored, yeah. Uh, yeah, but obviously he was looking for the penalty. Didn't get it. Should have been a penalty. And there we go. Game done, um, dusted. To be fair, if you're well back, though, do you want a penalty? No. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're Brighton, do you want a penalty? No. I'm looking, I'm looking at all you Brighton fans in oh, the face who are listening no. to this, right? Would you have a penalty right now? Yeah, I mean, you had two against us. No. Us. West Brom, yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, moving on to the next game, which is Everton and Crystal Palace. 1-1 draw, fair game. Um, James Rodriguez back in the team, scoring a goal. The boy. My boy. My baby. Literally the boy. He's now now involved in... He's like one of five Colombians in the Premier League with 10 goal involvement, so kudos to him. So... But yeah, I don't know I mean, what's the sound of the game. Batshuayi got a late equaliser. I will say, there is one point I want to say is... Um, the commentator was talking about Batshuayi as he was coming on and he was like, oh, like, Batshuayi's come out and said, oh, like, they don't trust me. They don't feel like I can be a striker or anything. And the commentator was like, yeah, but I agree. You haven't really been scoring or anything like that. Like, he needs to repay his trust. Instantly goes and scores. And the commentator was like, 
Well, he's repaying his trust now. <laughs> so frustrating because Batshuayi is so good. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm so, I feel sorry. Us, for us guys in, in this group have rated Batshuayi for years, for years before we even went to Chelsea. When he was, he was at Marseille, bro. Of, before he was a victim of being thrown out on loan. No, because like, he was a... he's like the fact that he doesn't even get that much game time and still plays for Belgium regularly. It they just know. shows. They know, and like, I feel he's, sorry he's for the such kid. a good player. And I mean, he fucking showed it. He was given what five minutes against Everton, and fucking score. the finish is awesome. As yeah. I yeah. watched it, on his weak awesome. foot, yeah, on his weak foot as we, well. Weaker foot, right in the fucking corner. It was so good. Because like, shouldn't be. It, come on, testing be a fucking counter. Yeah, but it come on because I remember he come on and um, the commentator berated him in the commentary for his first touch. And it was his, his literally, not even like his first touch after, like his first yeah, touch could, after coming on. About two years before, the minutes before that, there was a pass that was played through to him and it was a yeah. phenomenal pass, but like he, he just he couldn't up, control it. But it was like, it like, was like his first touch. Yeah, but like it was his first touch in the actual game. And he was like, oh, his first touch is bad. And I'm like, yeah, the Donny hasn't touched the ball yet. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so was Lukaku. So was Lukaku's, but he still scored 20 a season, didn't he? But that's what I mean. Like he was like, oh, his first touch. But like, it's not his first touch. It was the fact that it was his first touch of the ball in that game. And you're like, yeah, let him get a feel for the ball. The first touch he's going to take in the game is a touch where he has to put it in his path to score. Literally. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of pressure. Literally. Give the Donny, give the Donny another chance, and then, ironically enough, gave him another chance. First touch was perfect. Start on his left foot, bang, and first goal in the entire game. All right. It was, it was a lovely like, match as well. Yeah. So like my like when Bachelors are done for like a little bit, not even like massively for a little bit, and that's obviously where I watched the most of him. He was he was like awesome, or like stunning, like just just playing man. And you, I mean, if you're Crystal Palace and you normally normally play a four four two, which is what Roy Hodgson fucking does at Palace, and you've got Ayu, Benteke, and Batshuayi to choose from as your strikers. Why is Batshuayi not the first one out of those three on the sheet? Yeah. It's got to be Batshuayi and Benteke in it up front. Ayu, I wouldn't even pick, wouldn't pick Benteke. I'd pick Batshuayi and Ayu. Yeah, but Benteke is he, he, he does he does he does offer that that aerial threat, and he can nab a goal here and there, and he he has been proving it. He ain't consistent, but in See, certain games where you want him, it depends on the, the the team who's not really good in the air. You want that's him. fair, that's fair. But even then, when you have Jordan and Bashway, it's unfair. It's exactly what you said. Like they don't show faith in him when you have those two there. Jordan Ayer, yes, he's all right and he gets goals. But Bastiaway is an international footballer for mm. Belgium, the best team in the world. I, just, I can't second I, best team in the world. I mean, we all know why now Dortmund didn't sign him because they've got Haaland up front. But at the time, I couldn't understand why they didn't sign him when he when he was on loan and he was killing it and he was he he got team of the season cards, team of the uh, team of the week cards, like hero cards. He was like it was smack and. All the Dortmund fans I saw it on Twitter were like, "Please stay, literally, please." Oh, we beg, you stay. You're so good. And I'm like, but they didn't sign him off of Chelsea, the money. And Chelsea want like fifty million for him, and he signed Chelsea's oh, Chelsea's God. Chelsea's way of like buying and selling players has always been Pathetic, cr- yeah. has always been criticised because it's, it's awful. Business, businessman way, ain't it? 
If I draw for I just buy anyone and shift them out to fucking Vitesse in Netherlands every single <laughs> year. Even makes a minute went to Vitesse, which I didn't even know. I, bro, Isaiah Brown went to Vitesse. Yeah, like every uh, I just just grow up, man. Literally. Just sort just sort just sort you just. They have sort, that many players out on loan list they could literally create a brand new team and just create hey, that team. You know, you know they've said they said they've what the one year like not like recently, but the one year when they were going on about all their loan players and everything, they were going to question whether they could make a Chelsea B team. You know, Barcelona have Barcelona B in Liga, La Liga Segunda or whatever it's called. Yeah, they were literally questioning whether they could put a Chelsea B in League One or the Championship or League. That was a thing for every Premier League team. Yeah, and, and all the and, uh, and the Football League rightly said no. Yeah, no, they at that. So like all the Premier League teams wanted uh, they were the twenty-three teams to be put into the Football League, and the the, uh, the Championship, the League One, League Two teams voted and said no, fuck off. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I think that's fair. I think I think it's, it'd be it's fair. It would literally just be cancerous. It'd be so it'd be so cancerous. It literally. Yeah, it it's not. It wouldn't be fair at all. It, no. it wouldn't be fair at all. And the only way I could see it even being remotely fair is if you extend. The football league and just make well, another league. That, that's just funny. They had a massive like set plan for it and everything. So like you had League One, League Two, League Three, and the Championship, and everybody can mix in with everyone. I think it would have been. Uh, they would have kept it as the three leagues. But I can't remember it off the top of my head because it was a few years ago now. But I think it would have just been more teams in each league. Fucking right. That, that Let's move on to the uh, last game of the weekend, shall yeah. we? And it was a good game indeed. West Ham versus Wolves. Uh, can can we just talk about Lingard? That's what it. on earth is going on right. <laughs> with this young prospect? He is unreal <laughs> on loan from Man U. One thing I want to say was Wolves' defense. Wolves' defense for his goal was oh, atrocious. Yeah, awful. Yeah, but you can't take away the run from Antonio. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying I'm not saying like it was a bad goal. I'm just saying the defense were at sixes and sevens for no reason. Yeah, all over like, like, I know we were talking about our Euro squad and we said that the kind of code doesn't get in, but it shows. Yeah, he definitely doesn't like, get in. He can only play, he can only play in that three-at-the-back system with Wolves because that's where he performs well. Mm-hmm. And they played four-at-the-back against West Ham and we saw how awful they were. Got bullied. Yeah. Got absolutely bullied. Yeah. But also, um, West Ham almost fucking bottled it again. Yeah. Like, as soon as Wolves got that one goal, as soon as Wolves got that one goal back before half-time, I immediately thought to myself, this could happen again with the yeah. Arsenal game. Yeah. And also... Adal Traore has an assist. I know. It's over. It's over. I said, Literally, I said, I said, it's over. Ironically, ironically enough, in I said 29 games, to, uh, he's done something. Yeah, I said this to Dale when it happened. I said, that Donny has put those kind of crosses in all season, bro. Those crosses have been delivered week in, week out by Traore. And it's took him this long to know where to be. And it weren't even the striker. Ben it was Ben Donker. Yeah. Bro, are you telling me that he's been delivering those kind of balls and a CDM has had to come and head of that in? Yeah. William Jose is not... back. Exactly. Bro, it was in open play. That's no, what I mean. His centre-back centre back yeeted himself up front because he knew where the ball was going to well, be. William Jose does not know where to be and that signing was a panic signing because Raul Jimenez got injured. They really should have invested in somebody who could do a proper replacement job. Obviously. Yeah, but who would you have bought in in that situation? I probably, I, I probably I would have bought in like you Callum Wilson in or 
and Portuguese. Or Brazilian. Yeah. But Fred. But obviously Fred. I bring Fred. Not the midfielder Fred. You know the striker Fred. You know that waste of space that they used to put up front for Brazil. Mate, he was like thirty nine years old. That wouldn't have even been a smart piece of business but, to go that. But um back to uh Lingard for sex. So I've seen eight matches, he scored six goals and three assists, and he's got nine goal contributions since the third uh, of Feb, and the only other player to be in the same of that is never guess who, Harry Kane. Okay. <laughs> so, like, if if Lingard continues this, is this why he said it? It's like say Lingard is world class. Is that why he said it? No, I'm not saying Lingard. He's the way he's performing is world class. World class, but he's not oh, world class. It's not. It's not world. The thing is, he performs like this. You, you're Gareth Southgate. You're like, who the fuck? The, diffi- the difference is between like <laughs> you. The difference is between you, De Bruyne and Kane. They're both world class because they've done it for years. Mm. Lingard's only done this for two months. Ollie must be Ollie must be kicking himself. He's he's gotta be. He's gotta be well, kicking not himself. Even that. Like if you were in Ollie's situation, you did exactly the same thing. Oh he yeah, he probably for Man United was it? Oh yeah, 100%. and he wasn't like, getting he wasn't getting that team over the midfield for all they had. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm not I'm not disputing that they didn't make the right decision in getting rid of him, like selling him out on loan. But at the same time, you'd be sitting there and going. Lingard, you're taking the piss. Elite has like yeah, he, he has a, like a free roam role in yeah. He can do whatever West he wants. Yeah, he can. You know he'll come on is. the right. He'll come on the left. He'll go in the centre. He'll do whatever. When, I, will, I will say like he, obviously his goal was incredible, but oh my god, the like the McGeady spin. It was a burber spin. It wasn't the McGeady spin, but the burber spin. But it was so much harder because it was bouncing. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't real. I don't know how he did it. I do not. But you know what? Why, you know what? I'm afraid to do shit. Yeah, you, you know what? You know what? Um, has really struck a chord with me is remember when Lingard was performing really well for Man U. Yeah. Who was in charge? Uh, Maria. No. David David Moyes was in charge. No, it wasn't. No. He was still no, performing pretty well though. Yeah, Lingard I mean. wasn't even in the team. When yeah, David yeah, Moyes was, was wasn't he? Wasn't wasn't in the team, bro? Van Hal gave him his debut. Was it Van Hal? Yeah. yeah. I thought he was David Moyes because I thought he was the Lingard, same time that they were playing Yanazai. Lingard played well with uh, Mourinho yeah, he played because well. that was the year he played. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm literally thinking I'm mashing a bit of generations up. I thought Yanazai and Lingard played around the same time. No. And that's why they played so well. Okay, ignore me. But for some reason, Lingard David came. Moyes knows exactly how to play. But, but um, Lingard... Lingard and David Moyes have linked up really well. But I do like, in the midfield, I do like the dynamic. Uh, I think it really works well with West Ham. They had no Declan Rose as well, and they're still... Yeah, that's what I mean. Mark Noble. Mark Noble for like a 34, five-year-old Donny. He might not have the legs, but he still has the heart desire and the effort, man. Here's a quick interesting fact as well. So the last 67 games, Declan Rose has played every game in every minute. For West Ham, sixty-seven games. Yeah, I remember when he was playing. I was, I was surprised. Yeah, his he's injured. Eh? He's, yeah, his legs fine. Well, apparently, there's, there's a possibility he could be injured for the Euros. We don't know. Mm, I hope not because he's a quality well, player. Imagine this. Season, imagine phenomenal. Yeah. Imagine Antonio plays really well, <laughs> really well. Gets injured, comes off for Bowen. Bowen scores immediately. <laughs> like the the boy. To be fair, it was a great assist as well from Lingard. He had five men around him and he managed to Mate, get a pass Bowen. off him. 
is the boy. That's all I'm saying. He's he's Bowen is so good. For me, I thought it was poor keeping from uh, Patricia. I haven't seen the goals. I just like Bowen. Yeah, so from I Patricia because it, so this is what happens. Also, obviously, it was near post. And literally, he's just hit it. Bowen's just hit it with power, and it's just gone in off the post. But Patricio was already at the near post anyway. It's how like he had to move over. He was already there. He just didn't save it. So you, you'll have to go back and watch I'll, it. I'll, I'll have a look. I'll have a look at it at some point, and I'll come back and argue this point. Okay, <laughs> that's just what I do. Apparently, I think the um, Pablo Fornals goal was lovely. Oh yeah, the way he just opened himself up, and he just. Many players would hit that with their left foot and just hack yeah. it, but he's literally opened himself up and hit it with his right. You know, foot. you know that's a harder finish as well to open yeah. your body up like that and put it in the other corner. Yeah. That's such a that's such a physically hard, harder finish. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. It's a seriously. And it all hard came finish. from Lingard doing his Berber spin. Ling- Lingard is just influential in that West Ham team. And Lingard and I, obviously I think, assisted for Bowen. Like I think, I think if you're, I think if you Lingard, you've got to seriously look at whether you want to move there or not. The thing you is, if West Ham get Champions if I, League, oh Lingard, if I were Lingard, I would, I'd go straight away. Yeah, if West yeah. Ham gets Champions League, I'd go go with West Ham and build build on what they have. Okay, but if West Ham don't get Champions League, would you not stay with them and still build? Would they get Europe? So they still be in Europe. Exactly my point. So what? What? Why? Why? But Champions League is better. Well, West Ham are sniffing around Sam Johnston, so they're going to get a nice youngish goalkeeper to replace Fabianski. Yeah, Fabianski's old. They need another striker because Antonio is is good, but he's not he's not a consistent goal scorer. They need to look abroad and find a consistent goal scorer. Uh, He gets injured a lot as well, as Dal well knows. Oh yeah, those doesn't get injured that often in real life though. (laughs) When he's injured now. But like, yeah, I think I think the the game was such an entertaining game, and uh, Neto missed a really opportunity as well, and um, and I don't know what it is when when Neto or Podence ain't really firing for um, Wolves, they seem to be struggling. Like he po, uh, Neto was kind of the savior when Traore weren't really firing on all cylinders, but now that. Traore and Neto aren't firing on all cylinders. There's still nobody that can make that, that can cover up that dip in form. So, obviously, I'm going to quickly change the subject now. Obviously, West Ham had a great win because we're going to be wrapping this up soon. Um, So, West Ham went to fourth place, um, one point above Chelsea with that win over Wolves. Um, So, I'll just read it at the top. The top, uh, read at the top eight. I'll exclude Aston Villa because Aston Villa, I think, aren't going to get champi- yeah. cl- close enough for Champions League. Um, so Man City going to win the title, 74 points. Uh, Man United second with 60. Uh, Leicester third with 56. West Ham fourth with 52. Chelsea fifth with 51. Spurs sixth with 49. Liverpool seventh with 49. And Everton um, eighth with 47. But a game in hand on all of them. And two games on the City. But forget about City because City are going to win top four and win in the league anyway. Um, do you see Everton getting in the top four? Yes or no? With a game in hand, if they win their game in hand, they're a point behind Chelsea and two points behind West Ham. No, I don't think so. Okay. I, uh, I, honestly, I can't. I, I can't call it. I yeah, can't I can't call it. it because Everton is so hot and cold. I don't know what's wrong with them. With a manager like Ancelotti, but to be fair, he's you can see he's gonna. 
build. Like, he's building something. Well, with their new stadium that's been approved and which will eventually be built, their buildings are massive at the club. Yeah. Uh, Jim put Everton in his top four, so I've seen him say no, he's shocking. Just just when we asked the question the first time, they were on fire, they were doing quite well. They were, they're actually more on form now. Aren't yeah, they? no, they're more on form, but like on the recent form, I thought they'd literally be like, I thought Ancelotti would start going around the changing room, clapping them all up and being like, what are you doing? Well, but, obviously, at the top eight, Everton have the worst goal difference as well. They've got three, yeah. just plus three. That's what I mean, whereas like, I don't, I can't, I don't think they'll make top four. I think, I think, I think the top four is kind of set. I don't know. I, I don't. I think fourth position is up for grabs between Liverpool and West Ham. So West Ham, Chelsea, Spurs, and Liverpool because Spurs are got got the best goal difference out of all of them. So yeah. if it comes down to goal difference, because that's why Spurs are above Liverpool. But if Liverpool keep winning three nils, four nils, and four ones, like they will do towards the end of the season, they'll go above Spurs. But at the minute. Um, they're on the same points, and obviously Spurs are above them on goal difference. But if Spurs well, the won that, you've got to ask as well. Sorry, I'm far away again. The question you're going to ask as well is Leicester. Well, Leicester got fifty six points. They're in third place. They're the one that are in third place, and they look comfortable, but it's not. Oh yeah, it's not fully comfortable. But I think I think they're... in three games, like if they don't win the next three games, and they say they get a point out the next three, they got fifty seven, and every single one of them pick up points. They're literally seventh or eighth. Mm. Well, that's what I'm saying. So they're not set. No, well, not I, don't, I, just, I just don't. I just don't see them dropping that many points. If I'm honest, I'd... okay. Obviously, Ma- Manchester United aren't 100 percent set. But if the, this Manchester United win the next two games, I think 66 points. They're 100 percent in top four. I think Leicester. I think Leicester have a, a not an easy run, but they have a nicer run than we imagine. And I do they, think they don't. No, I think, I think so. I... Leicester's next, Leicester's next game is West Ham. Yeah, tough game. Then you, West Brom. Yeah, easy game. Then Crystal Palace, which aren't an easy game. Then Southampton, which aren't an easy game. Then Newcastle, which should be an easy game. Then United, Chelsea, and Spurs. I think, to be honest, I think they've got too much about them to, to not really lose against Southampton or Newcastle. And I think if if Lingard is on an absolute belter again, it'll be a difficult game against West Ham. But again, I just think maybe they might have too much for West Ham. I think I think around around the squad, I think Leicester have too much for West Ham. We've seen West Ham capitulate. And but you talk about around the squad, though. But you talk about around the squad. Half their squad's injured, their main players. Madison's not there, Barnes isn't there, Evans isn't there, but Evans is there now. But... And not Madison's back now. now. Madison's back now because he came on as a sub against Man City. But... That's what I mean. So I, like, I don't see him starting. I don't see him starting either, but I, th- I think, I think to, to be frank, like, I just think they might just have a bit too much for me against West Ham to pipe it. And I think, I think with the Southampton, they'll. I think they'll win. Newcastle, they'll win. They'll beat us. And who was the other one? Sorry, we got Man United. Crystal Palace is the other one. Crystal. I think. I think out of those, the, those are four nailed on wins for me. I think. I think they'll. Okay. Just... Like it comes down to the last three games of the season, and we're in the exact same points position we are in now. Where they're about four or five points ahead. It's Chelsea, Man United, and Spurs. They lose all three of those games. They're, they're at the top four. Yeah, yeah, I know that. 
I, I know that, but that's that's banking on that's also banking on West Ham, Chelsea, Spurs, and Liverpool all winning. All, all, yeah. all winning. That's a thing. You, you, that's what I'm saying. They're kind of set because yeah, you, that, 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 in that sense, you're also banking on Leicester not losing against like yeah, your Palaces and your Southamptons. Yeah, that's that, 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 team. Oh yeah, 100%. Like the season's a bit mad. Like anybody can beat anyone, but theoretically, if we're going along the way of like talking about it, like I think Leicester are kind of set. Just those four also, wins probably set. West, West Brom obviously beating Chelsea five two. Yeah, that's flip. Which, which, uh, show, yeah, but goes to show that West Brom could turn them over. Which hindered yeah. Chelsea's chance of staying in top four because West West Ham capitalised. But yeah, that's what I mean. And like theoretically, you looked at the Wolves West Ham game, and you wouldn't say that West Ham would have rolled Wolves over like they did. Like I wouldn't have said that. I would have said it was a lot closer game, and the scoreline said it was a lot closer game. But if it was the game, it was a close game. There was loads of shots. Yeah, there was like to be to both teams, but to be honest, if you talk about it, Wolves had twenty shots and West Ham had nine. Yeah, Wolves were Wolves weren't awful. Wolves were really good. Yeah, I know. Is that Wolves only had five shots on but target? Like, that was the difference. But like, you, like to say that Leicester are are set or have enough, I don't think you can say that at all yet. I don't even think Manchester United. Are, well, I don't think even Manchester United are set. I don't think Manchester United are set as well. I like, think like, the one thing I imagine is obviously again like last season, like Leicester were set in top four. Leicester were going to finish second last season. The only team you can say is set in top four at the minute is Man City. Okay, I, I, I think Man United are more set purely because they've got a little bit more of a gap. But I, I agree that they're not safe. We we have a, we have a we have a nine point gap between Chelsea yeah, and Man United. I agree, you're not it's safe only nine points. You are Man United are so inconsistent. Yeah. But I don't see them losing games, whereas I can see Leicester losing games. I think we yeah. Obviously, the difference is Man United okay. can scrape out a draw. Yeah, can, We've seen how many nil nil draws. Crunch time. When it comes to crunch time, I can see Man U irking out draws when they need it. I don't see Leicester doing that at the moment. I'd love them to prove me wrong, as I always do. I'd love the top four to be Leicester and West Ham. Yeah, me too, actually, yeah. I'd love that as well. I'd love that. But I just just can't see it happening. But but for me, though, I can't see Chelsea doing that, and I can't see Spurs doing that. I can. Chelsea are unbeaten in like 15, 16 games until you beat them. Yeah, so like they've obviously beaten Porto 2 0 and they're doing well in the Champions League, but like in the league itself, they've cr- crawled back like to where they let's say should be. But um, it's not like he's been devastating, it's not like they've gone on a mad. Yeah, but, but, but the point I'm making is they haven't, they haven't, they've only lost one game. Yeah, yeah, too cool. That's the I'm making. I see Leicester losing games. I don't see Chelsea losing that many games. Obviously, take yeah. take it away. Chelsea didn't concede a goal at Stamford Bridge in seven games under Tuchel until obviously West Brom went. Oh, you know, we'll have a a, a field day. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way the way I see it at the moment is genuinely Chelsea have a better chance of finishing top four than Leicester. On the on 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 form wise and everything like that, yeah. But I just I still think I'm not going about form wise. I'm going about everything. Okay, about everything. everything. Like if you get form at the window, I genuinely see Leicester losing more games than Chelsea. Yeah, but I also then see West Ham losing more games than Leicester. Yeah, so but, that, yeah, but then you've got the likes still, of like then you've got the likes of like Liverpool, Liverpool waiting to win Spurs, who are winning again. 
Yeah, but I, I still think that everybody can fold over in every every sense. Like we've seen that everybody's been whack except for Man City. Even like the nailed on, like you said, Spurs were top of the league at the start of the season. Everton was second. Like they were they were sick, and then they've just turned whack. And it's the entire. Yeah. Are, you saying, are you saying Leicester won't just turn whack? But everybody can. That's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, everybody I'm can, but so can Leicester. So you can't sit here and say Leicester so, is safe. So if everybody's whack, they still stay there. But not everyone's going to be whack. That's but not how so obviously, I've, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to intervene. If ten here. teams league. If ten teams lose, ten teams ten teams still win. I'm going to I'm going to inter- I'm going to intervene here and. Um... I see Jim's um, view and I also see Alex's view. Um, I'm on the fence because obviously Leicester have been performing really well this season, obviously with Madison back, and I think Madison will start the next game. Um, I don't know who the next game is. Uh, who did we, West Ham. West Ham. I will think he will start that game because he's had a, he's had a break. He'd come on as a sub. He didn't. He had a few shots. He was trying to urge the team against Man City, but it was the the damage is too done, done, and it was too late. And Man City just saw it at the game. Um, I, I will think he will start. And obviously, without Declan Rice, West Ham are vulnerable, and West Ham are vulnerable when they're in the lead. You know, what I mean, we've seen that they could have easily dropped uh, three two points with against Wolves, and they have dropped two points against Arsenal uh, when there was three 0 up there. So West Ham aren't. They're shaky at the back. They ain't convincing you that they're going to continue that. And obviously Chelsea, they've convinced us in the last, in all competitions, except for obviously West Brom, like nearly 20 games that they've been unbeaten. And obviously that's probably just like a little blip in the system and they've gone and beat Porto. So comf- comfortably as well. Tell like it was a hard game. They comfortably, mm-hmm. comfortably beat Porto away from home. Porto had nothing. Porto yeah. had absolutely nothing. Away from home. So Chelsea... I think the, the the real question is, I think Leicester will probably stay third. I feel they ain't going to drop it this year. But it's for, it's for fourth place. Who's going to get fourth place? I think Leicester, yeah, they can lose a game, but I think they'll go and win the next game or they'll draw the next game. But obviously, who knows in the Premier League, Chelsea could actually just have a massive dip now. Like, they could be petrified. It, it, I ain't going to scoop a dude. Like we said, it's been a crazy season. Things have been swapping and changing. But um, Chelsea, I think they they could get top four, but so could Liverpool. Has Liverpool and Chelsea got each other again? I don't know. I ain't uh, got a Scooby Doo. Because if they have, I'll, and if Liverpool win, Liverpool will go above them and by one point. And even though Liverpool are below them in the league, Liverpool would still be the favourites going into that game versus Chelsea, whether they be home or away. Um, so. But I do think oh, I, I do... I'd say Liverpool have Liverpool have a much easier running than Leicester. Okay. So Liverpool's running is Villa, then Leeds, then Newcastle, then United, and Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. Obviously, the first three you mentioned Villa, uh, Leeds, and United. Those are all three tough games because Leeds can turn it on. They can be yeah, world class. But I don't. But but at the same point, if we talk about it in general. Like, if you were to put Leicester against those teams and Liverpool against those teams, in my mind, I can see Liverpool irking out the results they need to. I can't see Leicester doing that. That's what. That's the point I'm making. I, I do get what you mean, because the quality of players in Liverpool squad compared to Leicester's squad, they're a different level. Like, G Salah, Yamane, your Diego Jota. Mm. Um, but obviously, the weakness with Liverpool is their back. 
when we talk about like the last three games, Le- like Leicester's last three games, the Chelsea, United, and Spurs, Liverpool was a West Brom, Burnley, and Palace. Yeah, which are all hundred percent winnable games. There's no competition. Then. Well, here's an interesting fixture then. So, like, we're talking you know, about... Chelsea and Chelsea and Leicester could fuck each other up, and Liverpool could finish above them both. Yeah. So, so like, play each other. In- interesting enough, it actually gets even more interesting when you take into the fact that obviously Chelsea have got Crystal Palace next, then they've got to play Porto. Then they've got to play Man City in the semi-finals. Then they've got to play Brighton, and then that weekend that they're playing. So they play Brighton on the Tuesday after the Saturday against Chelsea, after the Tuesday against Porto. So like they're playing tomorrow, and then Porto on Tuesday, then Saturday against Man City, tough game. Then Tuesday against Brighton. Then that Saturday, four days later, they play West Ham. That is one of the yeah, big games of the season for them. I don't, but I don't see Chelsea losing it. Yeah, but with the form that West Ham are in, and the how way many how playing, many weeks away is um, that West Ham yeah. game? Because if Declan Rice is April, if Declan so Rice is back, if Declan Rice is back before then, I, and the way Lingard's performing, it'd be a very interesting watch because it's two, two weeks, Tuchel's a very defensive. Sided mm. manager, it, it it does obviously get the goals, but he's, then, he looks for the clean sheets and sees out the games. Yeah. And then Man City, they've got Man City again, and then Arsenal, and then obviously Leicester second game from the season. And obviously, so, I know Arsenal have a bag of scrap this season, but they can just yeah. literally one game they could literally oh, be amazing. Look what they did to Spurs. So like, yeah, you've got, you, you've got the game against West Ham, which is a four fifth playoff. Like that is literally a one of us is getting fourth. One we've got to go for it. Then they've got to play Man City and try and get a result there. They want the league. They might want to break a record. You got Arsenal, which are There's fighting. No records to break, by the way. I know, but they might want to do something. You never know with Man City. Be like, oh yeah, we'll score eleven. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, then they've got to play Arsenal, who have got something to prove, who are fighting for like a bit of pride to show yeah. that they're not shit anymore. And then they've got to play Leicester, who are in third, who are desperate to win and stay there. So that's. One, two, three games that are nailed on really hard games that are deciders that Chelsea obviously Yeah, you don't you obviously never want to lose a game of football. That's that's but when like when it's like you don't want to lose a game of football, like you don't want to lose. Like West Ham definitely one, it's a London uh, derby. derby. So it's a London derby and the added fact that it's a battle for fourth and fifth, it'll be it'll be a slug man. And I in my opinion, London, London derbies don't mean fuck all because there's like 15 of them everywhere yeah, yeah. in the Premier League. But, but still, it's that whole... But the, like, but the Arsenal-Chelsea and... That's Man a, that's, chelsea That's a huge... That's a huge derby, the Arsenal-Chelsea. Like, that's a massive derby. And also, I think... Uh, it's West Ham... Is it West Ham and... Uh, Arsenal? Is it West Ham and Chelsea? Which is West Ham-Chelsea. West Ham, Chelsea, and then you got Leicester, Chelsea as well. So the Chelsea have still got to play third and fourth. Yeah, which is going to be it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be an easy run. It's going to be interesting, and I can't wait to talk about it and delve into it. But one quick question then: so who's your team of the week? Because the last last time we did one, we didn't talk about a team of the week. So who's oh, yeah. who's your player of the week? Player of the week. Yeah, talk about team yeah I, I meant to say player of the week. Who's your player of the week? Um. You go first, Dale. You never go first. Yeah, actually. Okay, for me, I'm going to say Lingard. I'm going to say Lingard. I'm shocked. Because he ran the show and he was involved in all three goals. He was the assist and the assist. The assist and goal scorer. 
You never guess what, no doubt. You never guess what. What? Mine's also Lingard, obviously. There, you go. there we go. Obviously. Can't believe he's picking Lingard over West Brom. <laughs> the player of the week was West Brom. <laughs> well, not even that. Pereira got two. Robinson got two. Yeah, like, they 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 played very well. And if I could have given them, like, Lingard's too good at the minute. Like, single-handedly dragging a team. Like, it was a very good team performance from West Brom. If we had a player of the week and the team of the week, it'd be Lingard, player, West Brom team. Like, that's how I'd, that's how I'd present it. Because as much as Pereira scored two and everything, like, you just can't... What Lingard's doing is crazy, and he's the player of the week. Yeah, for me. Followed closely by Pereira and Robinson in second. So, well, so my player of the week was Pereira because we can talk about like I think West Brom's performance was too good to ignore, and Pereira was the focal point in the sense that he got two goals, two assists in an unbelievable game where he, he, he like he was he had no right to basically he had no right yeah he, he, like you, you can't have a performance like West Brom's did and have a performance where Pereira got it was involved in four of the five goals and and. And ignore it, like we were talking a couple of weeks ago. I met Ian Acho got it because he got a hat trick, and we couldn't ignore that. But I think that's similar to what we should do for Pereira because he definitely deserves it. He was unreal again. I, 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 I don't disagree with you there. Um, obviously, but I've, for me, Lingard was just he was involved in all three, and Lingard's my boy, so that's probably why. And I was involved in all three, but like you could, for that instance, Pereira was involved in all five. Was he involved he was. with Dean Garners? Daniel, yeah. He oh. assisted Daniel's. Oh, shit. Fair yeah. Man. So um, he got two goals and two assists. Oh, he got two goals, two he, assists? He, 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 two goals, two assists. That's what I'm saying. It was two good to ignore. Well, I'm shocked that the West Brom didn't say. And I love Pereira. But, um... No, I, 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 love, I love Pereira, and I think, obviously, he was he was very influential, and he was very, very, very goddamn good. Um I don't know, just just for me, Lingard takes it. And uh, Pereira is very good. And So this is, what, this is what I said when you were gone. Men. This is what I said when you were gone. So we talked the other week, we were talking about Ian Acho. You got a hat-trick and his performance is too good to ignore over everyone else's performances. Yeah. Which is why I said you can't do the same thing this week for Pereira because he was too good to ignore. But, West, I mean, it's probably, but Lingard's it's probably... West Ham performance was also too good to ignore for me. I tell you what, I tell you what I'm but doing. Right I tell you what I'm doing. You know how I'm I'm, I'm trying to be uh, unbiased and not pick my own player, and that's what I'm trying to be. And I think, to be fair, Alex has said it right. I'm, I'm probably going to change now to Pereira because I think <laughs> I'm just trying to play unbiased. That's all I'm trying to do. I don't want to pick my own player because it sounds biased. But as Alex said, he had put in a, such a good performance, I can't ignore. So, yeah. And right. yeah, prayer. on that uh, shock, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Seal what set. The shock of Jim, the Jim uh, changing side of his own team. Alex Seal set, sir. We we will we'll speak to you next week. We have ideas and plans in store that we'll get out, and we're looking forward to it all. I'm tired. I've been awake for a long time. It is five past one in the morning. To be fair, I, I want to point. I, I want to point out. Uh, I will. I've been embracing my inner Conor Gallagher today with my headband on. Yeah, I see. As well. Anyway, for the fourth time trying to do this, thank you all for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. 
and yeah. Uh, what I've got written down here was see you next time in Dale's words. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>